This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have some results from Akarana with Kermit. How cool is that? And Barry's got a request from a listener. What was that all about, Barry? Lower of touching honours and restricted choice. Two topics. Restricted choice. Are you sure it's not restricted open or open restricted? It's restricted choice. Which one would you like to dive into first? Why don't we talk about restricted choice? I think we've talked about it before on the show. Kermit's talked about it, but maybe not for a while. All right, so let's go. Restricted choice. The classic situation is when you're missing maybe Queen Jack of a seat and say you've got Ace, King, Ten, Nine and another, the Trump seat. And in Dummy, you've got four to the six. Everything's going along beautifully, mm-hmm. and you bang down the ace of hearts, or maybe the king of hearts, and an honor comes up on your left. You're only missing the queen and the jack, so it could be the jack, could be the queen. The theory of restricted choice says that odds are you should go over to dummy and finesse the person on your right for the other honor. The theory right. being along the lines of the person on your left has played the jack, and they could have played the queen if they had it, but they played the jack. The theory of restricted choice says that because they didn't play the queen, they probably haven't got it. This is quite a complicated mathematical theory. And if you want to read about it, there's lots of examples outside of Bridge that you can read about online. All you really need to know is instead of just playing for the drop, 2-2, normally you'd say, oh, yeah, they're normally 2-2. We're only missing four of them. The odds between a 2-2 break and a 3-1 break are very, very close. And if you've got any reason at all to... To not go along with that theory, you should do so. And restricted choice is one of them. The odds are about two to one in your favour, Mariana. Two to one? You don't get better, much better odds than that. And you don't get better interest than that at the bank. <laughs> two to one. So go over there and take that finesse and you'll be right two times out of three. Okay. Actually, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't taken a, 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 you know, a record of this, but to me... I do this faithfully. I always do the restricted choice thing. If an honour comes up, I always take the finesse. And it seems to me that it's better than two out of three. Maybe it's my imagination, but I think restricted choice is a really great advantage and that you should go for it. Two to one odds is good odds. I don't know if I'd really sit at the table and think, okay, here I am. I'm in this situation. This is called restricted choice. What are you going to do? I don't think I ever get to that stage in my head. I don't either. I just say, and on a camera, next time I'm finessing. That's what happens. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So the other thing I got asked about was sort of a, a little bit in the same vein was when your partner leads a suit to you and you have touching honors like the queen and the jack or the queen and the king or the jack and the ten or whatever, which one do you play? I always play the lower. You should always play the lower one. Now, the classic example is when your partner leads, say they lead a diamond, 
and the ace of diamonds is in dummy, and declarer plays low, and you have the king and the queen. Now, the main reason for playing the queen is you'll play the queen and it will win. You know it's going to win. The ace is in dummy. So you play the queen. Your partner will know that next time they get in, they should play it again. Because you more than likely, you've got the king. But if you play the king, if it goes small and you play the king, your partner will also know that you haven't got the queen because you would have played the queen from touching honours. If you win the king, they're not going to bother playing that suit again because they know declare has got the queen. So it's really important to help partner out by playing the lower of touching honours. Or it might be you play the lowest card that you can of equal honour, if you like. So you've got the jack 10 and 8 sitting over the 9. When your partner leads a small card, and the 9's in dummy and you've got jack 10, 8, you should play the 8, which is the same as the 10 or the jack. From It's going to force out the king or the queen. So I'm the, happy the, to announce I do do that. I know when you're on lead, you lead the top of touching honours, but this is a different situation. When your partner's led, we're trying to keep partner involved. If partner's led away from their king, for example, and you've got jack-queen, don't play the queen, play the jack. Because if the jack forces the ace out, partners will be able to figure out that you must have the queen. It's such a good thing. And if you play the queen and you, you're both on the same wavelength, partner will know declare has got the jack. It just helps so much if you always play the lowest of equals or the lowest of touching honours. Very good. I do agree with that. Any <laughs> listeners, if you don't agree, why don't you let us know? Shuffle at gmail.com it's not up for debate it's the way to go (laughs) okay let's pop off now we've got bailiff with us today coming up next we're heading off to the courthouse director please here's bailiff judge julie has sent in her deputy this morning because she felt like he has more experience in this regard when it comes to undos at the bridge table online the question we're asking is why is it that you are allowed undos in the bidding online, but not the card play? What's the answer to that, Patrick? Okay, well, that's because RealBridge, which is the platform that a lot of people are playing on now, uh, tries to mimic what happens at the bridge table. And at the bridge table, you don't generally get anything back in terms of card play. If you make the wrong bid by accident, that can frequently be given back when you are playing face-to-face at the bridge club. But if someone leads a card and you don't look at your hand very carefully and you pick out the wrong one and put it on the table, then you will have played that card at the bridge table. And so RealBridge, trying to mimic those rules, wants to go the same way. I did query them about this because there are some situations where it's clear that someone's misclicked, as it were, And there are some situations where it's not so clear. And they sent me back the rules that were played in the European Championship. And those were very clear. Undos were allowed for the bidding as long as the director was satisfied that it was never intended, but that there would be no undos for card play. One of the comments, if you are prone to making those mistakes, then there is a setting of double click or double tap to help you avoid doing that. So if you choose not to do that and you make a mistake. It's just like at the bridge table. I mean, everybody has at some point in their bridge playing career picked out the wrong card from their hand and played it. Now, it's true that there is some situations which are incredibly obvious that it was not intended and it was what's called a misclick. 
For instance, if you're playing in spades and someone leads a club which you don't have any clubs and you accidentally rough with the ace of hearts because it's next to the two of spades, well, that's super obvious, isn't it? But then you can have a situation like I had the other day. Someone was playing seven clubs. They had a trump suit, which was ace, ten, and dummy. Opposite king, queen, nine, six, three, two in their hand. And the opening lead was a club. So they played the ten from dummy, and the next person played the jack, and they played the two from their hand. Now, it wasn't even that they played the nine from their hand, which would be the card next to the queen. The two was four cards away. So if you have undoes allowed for the play, would this one really qualify? Because the, the card they've chosen is nowhere near the one that they would have intended to be playing. So really quite tricky. And it's interesting. These were my club members. And I only found this looking through the hands. They knew the rules and they didn't even call me to ask for an undo even though it was in a Grand Slam contract. Right. Uh, and they would have made their Grand Slam if they'd played the Queen too. It was really, really an important thing. So in the play, you would wind up with some really tricky things for the director to decide, well, should that really be allowed as an undo or shouldn't it? You could wind up with some really horrendous ones. I know that at one end of the scale, where it's that super obvious one that I gave you to start with, you think, well, why can't you allow that one to, have, to, to, be, to bag? You then wind up with a scale across the board where, well, if you allow that one, how about this one? And then how about this one? And then how about this one? Until finally you get someone having a big argument about whether that should be allowed or not. Although it may seem harsh to simply say, right, well, this is it. You play the wrong card. That's tough luck. It's like if you play rugby, if you put your foot over the touchline, I didn't mean to put my foot over the touchline. You wouldn't get much sympathy from the referee because there's a nice, simple rule. So I can sympathise with one or two people, but the rules sort of make sense. Now, we're in a situation where RealBridge has sort of a rule like that and European champs had had that rule and it's been applied. I have been told about another director that has allowed an undo in the play, and I can't say that they're wrong. They need to make it clear to their players what rules they're directing under. At the moment, I'm going with what the real bridge rules are, and the real bridge rules try to mimic the rules at the table. If somebody else is doing something different, then they need to let their players know exactly what their conditions are as to when they'll allow an undo in the play. Maybe New Zealand Bridge will solve this. Maybe New Zealand Bridge will come up with their own rule and promulgate it and come up with different situations as to exactly what's allowed. Because when you're um, playing at the table, the only time you're allowed an undo in a face-to-face game with a card play is when you're calling a card from dummy. And that's got some very strict rules about it too. So if you're calling a card from dummy, if you play a card towards an ace-queen and the next hand plays the king, you weren't expecting to see that. So when you call out queen, no matter how quickly you change it, you shouldn't be allowed to change that to the ace. You wouldn't be allowed an undo, even calling a card from dummy there. They say, well, if we're going to allow an undo for calling a card from dummy, we've got to have really strict rules about what sort of situations they apply to. And sometimes that can be tricky too. So you've opened up a whole can of worms with this question, one that hopefully we're going to have nice, clear rules about so that poor old directors can apply those rules as best they can. 
just quickly, Patrick, that situation you're talking to where you're playing towards low towards ace queen and the guy on, on their left pops up with the king. I remember speaking to somebody once and he says, for years now, he's been going up with the king, hoping that somebody will put the queen under it. And then all of a sudden, somebody wants to take it off him. <laughs> I hope he got the right ruling from the director. <laughs> well, I think Patrick could get a job as a stipendary steward for New Zealand racing in his spare time, Mariana, perhaps, trying to untangle their rules. Well, I've got you here, Patrick. We also have to talk about making up some sort of rules for next year for this A's to K's. Because it sort of went all over the place. I mean, if I added the tournaments that I played on Real Bridge into the mix, that would be a hoot. I know Pam Livingston's been playing in Australia uh, a lot of times. I don't see why you can't be allowed those. But of course, we'd only be giving you 20 yards for your walking down to your computer. <laughs> You'd have to play quite a few for that to build up. Uh, Patrick, I think if her husband's around, she just gets him to go to the fridge and get something out for her. <laughs> so you think 20 metres is too generous? <laughs> too much. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks very much for that, Bailiff. It's been a blast. Okay, Excellent. thank you. We have a guest this morning that's going to be talking with us about the potential of the first face-to-face tournament being held in 22. Let's have a listen. Good morning, and I'd like to welcome Kate Terry from the Tauranga Bridge Club, currently president, just about to end her second year into the term of three, and she's got some goss for us about the tournament next year. Welcome, Kate. Good morning, Mariana. Lovely to Zoom zone you. I know. And of course, we've got our colleague over there smiling away. Hi, Kate. How's it going? It's good, and we were really happy to hear the traffic light announcement that Air Plenty is in orange, because that means we can press go on all our plans for our mini-congress at the end of January, 29th to the 31st. Great. That's definitely what we want to hear. Hamilton's in the orange zone as well, so we're all prepared to come over there, and hopefully even some Aucklanders might be cleared to go by then. Well, I hope so too, and I mean, we've got our AGM next week, and we're putting through a motion about vaccine passes. We're going to make sure that whether it's our club sessions or our mini congress, that we've got the safest possible environment for all our players. And we can't wait. We're super excited. The catering team are gunning for it. The club rooms will be looking great. We cannot wait for our provincial pairs and our teams. And just to be back with our bridge family, having a wonderful time, sharing some stories, making some contracts, telling some stories about contracts that should have made. You know how it is, Barry. Just a bridge line. I just can't help but think, Kate, it seems like you've been president of the Tauranga Bridge Club forever, through the whole of COVID. I don't know, it seems longer than your normal term. I think you're right. I'm very proud to be president and certainly very lucky to communicate with the members and to have a fantastic committee. It feels like one second and about 100 years all at the same time. (laughs) That's exactly right. So anyway, what plans are in place? Just going ahead on the basis... Obviously, we are all hoping it will be face-to-face. To be honest, if we're orange, it will be running, definitely. Sadly, because of the restrictions on numbers to 100 and social distancing or of one metre, red, we wouldn't be, and we'd have to look for an alternative. But my commitment and the committee's and club's commitment is that the Tauranga Mini Congress will happen, ideally face-to-face. If that's not possible, then some other way. It would be a great hit-out just before National Congress, so just uh, not too long before that and an opportunity for people to to reconvene and to enjoy the hospitality, the warmth, 
and the ambience of the Tauranga Mini Congress. So what does the programme look like, Kate? Could you just explain that again? Sure. On the Saturday, we've got two events, the Waikato Bay's Provincial Pairs, and we also have our Mini Congress Restricted Open Pairs. So we're looking to encourage as many people as possible to be there for that day. Then on the Sunday, we've got our Teams event, which crosses through to the Monday as well, with on the Monday the Constellation Pairs for those who aren't in the final or played of the Teams. Caroline Wiggins has confirmed she'll be back as our director again, which is fantastic. But yes, all the plans are pushing forward. Nice. That sounds really good. Numbers-wise, I know you've got no idea, really. Without Auckland, is it? it might be a tough call. Let's hope they can be there. I think they can, Barry. I think if they're at traffic light red, there's no restriction on regional travel. It'll just be the vaccine pass that'll be the critical thing. I know that um, when we ran ours, we were pretty nervous about not having any Aucklanders there. Obviously, we ended up having to have that online because we couldn't run it face-to-face. It would have been pretty tough on us if no Aucklanders were allowed. So it is looking good for Tauranga, and I think people will probably won't be able to wait to get there. It seems like a lifetime ago we played face-to-face bridge anywhere. It does. And I mean, the Bay of Plenty, Tauranga and the Mount is a, a tourist destination. We're expecting lots of Aucklanders here after the 15th of December and lots of Aucklanders hopefully here are bridge family here for the mini congress at the end of January and we'll certainly be welcoming them and as a club you know we've already got our processes in place for checking that proof of vaccine which is going to be the critical thing for the mini congress to happen. Wow thumbs up it's great to be able to plan an event like that isn't it whereas before it was do I don't I do I don't I but at the moment it looks like yep you certainly are. Yep, we certainly are. And yet a few sleepless nights and definitely some moments of uncertainty. But for now, we're going to go, yep, we're orange. We're going to be orange still, fingers and toes and everything else crossed. So let's make the mini congress happen. Mm. Uh, Sorry, I've got one more question, Kate. I haven't checked it myself, but is there any number restrictions under the orange traffic lights? Yeah, so, Mariana, it was really helpful to get the advisory overnight from New Zealand Bridge, and that gives us great confidence because basically it says that at Orange, we can run a tournament with unlimited numbers of players who have a My Vaccine Pass, but players without a My Vaccine Pass are not able to play. So as long as we're at Orange, it's all systems green. Fantastic. Okay, probably the only reasons are for non-vaccinated people, obviously. Mm. That's right. It seems like so long ago, I was talking to somebody the other day, I played in a Fullerton teams over at Hawke's Bay. It was back in August and there hasn't been anything since. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming to Tauranga in January. (laughs) Fingers crossed, it will all happen. Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be a warm welcome for you, Barry. As you know, the Casa Snodgrass Road will be opening its doors for you and Jenny. More little task for you, Kate, that I haven't told you about yet. She's looking worried, Mary. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Come on. I think you might just have to work on the conditions of the annual $2 bet on the outcome of the teams. What are you talking about? The listeners <laughs> need to know what this little bet wager is. Every year, Barry and I, on the Saturday, we make a list of who we think is going to qualify for the team's final and plate. And it's very simple. If you get them in the right order and in the right final or plate, place you get two points so if you said that the Cullen team is going to be top you get two points when they qualify first and if you get one of the eight teams but not in the right place you get one point and then whoever wins has to be presented with the gold coin and a suitable speech from the vanquished loser (laughs) 
And I believe that a couple of these speeches have actually been videoed, but they haven't found their way onto YouTube yet, thank God. There have been photographs of the memorable moments where usually the $2 coin is placed upon an ornate cushion. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, good luck, Tauranga. Well, thank you very much, Kate. All the best. Maybe we'll talk to you again closer to the time. Tell us how well things are going. Absolutely. I look forward to that and just wish all of you, you know, the very best for between now and Christmas. Take care. And here's to 2022. Bye. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Manamana. 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 What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Well, very good morning to you, Kermit, and welcome to the Bridge Zone. A big number today. It is a big number, Mariana. This is my 50th Kermit's Bridge Tip. And it's also actually going to be my last Kermit's Bridge Tip for a little while. We're going to mix it up a little bit, aren't we? Sounds we great. have. I've already got a subject lined up for next week. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do, instead of Kermit's yeah. Bridge Tips, we're going to do Down at the Pond with Kermit. So having a little chat about something about bridge. Perfect. <laughs> so my tip number 50, you want to hear it? I think it's the best one yet. We're hanging on every word. So tip number 50, and I think it's the best one and the most important one. When all is, is looking grim, all your finesses are not working, your 95% slam goes down. Or you're trying to end play the opposition and instead you end play yourself. Right, we've all had those days. Just remember that we actually play bridge because it's really fun. Never forget that. That's my tip. And enjoying yourself doesn't mean that you're um, not trying hard because those two things are mutually exclusive. But I'm prepared to actually put some chips in here that if you are more relaxed and enjoying your game more, I think you'll do better. And you know what? I think your partner will do better feeling more relaxed and having a good time. So there it is, tip number 50. Just remember that we play this game because it's really fun. Easier said than done sometimes, you think? I can remember a good example of this. I was playing in a lowly part score, and this was like, 20 years ago, and I still remember every painful detail of it. So I, <laughs> it was very simple. I opened a strong note trump, and it went pass, pass, pass. And they led, and my partner put down a seven count. And I thought to myself, yeah, things are pretty good. You know, seven count and dummy, I've got 15. Anyway, I went five light. Fair <laughs> <laughs> to say that I got a few things wrong in the play and I proceeded to go five light with a seven gather dummy. Now I don't know when I started having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall it. <laughs> oh well, you know, but what can you do? Like you probably done that to someone yourself, Barry, taking them five light. I bet you had fun then. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's good. Funny thing is, I probably don't remember this this one. Over 20 years ago, I still remember it vividly. We ah. had teammates, and we got back. And I tell you what, if there was somebody having fun, it was our teammates when they went over this end that I went five lighting. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. There you go. It might not. <laughs> it was a fun hand. I rest, I rest my case. <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't need to be selfish and have all the fun yourself, Barry. Let others <laughs> yeah. have fun. <laughs> well, that's good now that I've brought that painful memory up again. Well, it made us smile. Yeah. Have you got any bridge coming up, Pam? I have. I'm playing in the BCC in Melbourne on the weekend. Uh Aha, I'll see you in Melbourne then. That'll be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And I've played the last two weekends. I just played the Akarana Swiss Pairs on Sunday. And then the weekend before that, I played the Interprovincials. Really enjoying that. And I think this might be my last tournament for the year. I'm not sure. When we played the Hamilton teams, there were 54 teams, if you recall. We thought to ourselves, what are the odds against me meeting Pam in the first round and her being my screen mate? That's right. Well, on the weekend, I happen to know there's 57 teams. Is there any chance, do we think, <laughs> we could meet on the weekend? You just never know. Hopefully, you'll be uh, my screen mate in the last round when we're playing off for first and second. That'd be excellent. Oh, I, I can do with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck both of you for this weekend. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. I guess we can commit. I think you probably I can. Imagine, yep. There will be a delay, I'm sure. If the delay means that you won't have to wait for somebody to make a decision. It'll be quicker. <laughs> or it just gets played through without all the hesitations, I think. Oh, okay. So they can just watch you go five off on a 22.1 no Trump, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> they care. They can watch it. That's and if they possible. really like pain, they could probably go back and replay it. And replay <laughs> it. And then potentially send it to everybody they know, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is one downside of playing online, isn't it? You can't, like, um, you can't bluff your way out of what happened on a bad yeah. board. It's all there for everyone to see. Yeah, you're probably thinking, I just wish they would take that down off the website. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you could email them and say, look, you know, board 22, could you just remove that? (laughs) Hey, just by the way, we mentioned about what we were playing in this weekend, and Pam did mention about playing two weekends in a row, but we forgot to mention that Pam and partner took out the Akarana Christmas tournament. We did, yeah. It was a Swiss Pairs. I really enjoy Swiss Pairs and teams and had the delightful Jeff Miller to play with. Yeah, we had a good run. Did they send you a ham? <laughs> no, they uh, asked for my bank account number, though, and that was... That sounds <laughs> that promising. Was I tell you what, though, hams, you know, at this time of the year you think, oh, neat, it's ham time of year. And then by <laughs> the end of January when you've had ham salad and ham toasted, you never want to see any for another 10 months, right? <laughs> Actually, that raises the point, Barry. There would be lots of disappointed people that normally troll through the Christmas tournaments and pick up a ham and a Christmas pud and a couple of bottles of plonk somewhere along the way. We Emma, have... we're going to have to buy a ham this year. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Paul has got to have his money in a bank account from Akarana. Yeah, poor me. <laughs> 40 teams. It was a good event. Yeah, no, it was good. 40 pairs, you mean? Yeah, 40 pairs, sorry. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. And to finish the show, we talked about the Akarana Christmas, and I'll just announce the top four. So Jeff Miller, Pamela Livingston taking it out. June Lei, Jita Lu coming second. James Yang and Yuzhong Chen at third. And Kate Terry, our guest today, 
and Judy Paulson coming in fourth. Next week, we'll have the results of the Victor Champion Cup in Melbourne. With lots of Kiwis on board. So if you've got anything that you'd like us to talk about or discuss, send us an email, bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.